faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is there anyone that can do that for you, for me? Absolutely not. Let's stand together this morning.
there are not human words that can truly explain how great God is. And don't we love him today? Don't we love him today? Thank you, Lord, for waking us up, for giving us blood running warm through our, through our veins, for bringing us here, for having a mindset to lift his holy name and worship him. Let's raise a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Our scripture this morning is found in the um, book of Philippians chapter 4. And, and just so, so that we understand the context of this word today. This word was written in about A.D. 64-65. And the Apostle Paul wrote this scripture while he was in prison. Suffering for Christ. So let's, let's listen to the words he says. And it starts with this, and this is what blows my mind. Because if I was in jail, once when I, when I was a state police officer, I had to cover the, um, the riot in Camp Hill. So I was in prison for a week. And every time I walked through the doors, I couldn't wait till that 12-hour shift was over and I got out. So in contrast, let's listen to what the Apostle Paul said when he was truly incarcerated. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, the Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you have sent from Epaphroditus, they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Are those good words? Can we look to the Lord? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the sacrifices that your son made on the cross so that undeserving sinners like us could be set free, that we could be redeemed, that you would find us acceptable in your sight, certainly not by anything that we've done, but by Christ's atoning work at the cross. So we thank you, Lord, 
And thank you for your word written thousands of years ago, which lets us know now that in our current day circumstances, if we keep our mind set on you, that regardless of what is going on in this non-Christian world, that if we suffer for you, that we will be united with you and we will have glory through you. So we thank you, Father God. Help us look beyond what our natural eyes can see. Help us have faith strong enough, Father, that we can live in the supernatural by the help of your Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you. We love you. We're in the service today to worship you. So for those who are here raising hallelujahs, for those who are in their homes raising hallelujahs, hear our prayer, O Lord. Incline your ear to us and grant us your peace, Father God. Father, as the word goes forth today, let it not fall on fallow ground. As we leave here, let us leave here more determined by faith to follow you, to share your love that you have so freely given to us with someone else. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We expect you because your word told us that you will walk through all times with us, that you are with us. So we thank you for that, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, CTC family, I'm Debbie, and here's this week's news. Next weekend, we are excited to welcome Matt Ayers and his family to CTC. As most of you know, the Ayers family formerly served as missionaries to Haiti and have recently relocated to Ridgeland, Mississippi, where Matt now serves as president of Wesley Biblical Seminary. You won't want to miss this, so make plans now to be here with us or invite someone to watch online with you. We are also excited to announce that on Thursday, October 15th, we will be hosting a concert with Christian artist Jason Gray. Some of Jason's songs include Remind Me Who I Am and I'm Gonna Let It Go. We will be planning this event with social distancing guidelines in mind, and as always, our facility will be clean and safe for guests. We will have more information in the coming days. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email your request to prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week.
awesome. That was our, our uh, family vacation Bible school program this summer. Um, so glad the 50 or 60 children were part of that, participated in that. Thank you for the families that helped out with that so that we could continue to make a difference as we uh, make a difference uh, for the kingdom of God, for the sake of Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to see families getting together like that, even in the midst of COVID and uh, gathering. A lot of those children in the, that, that participated were just neighbor kids and may or may not have come, gone to any church. And so it's part of our outreach that, that we do at Christ the Cornerstone, where we, where we love God, where we uh, serve others, where we engage one another in, in our faith. And one of those ways that we do that is by telling others the good news of Jesus Christ. So that was a great witness uh, of us telling even children and our neighbors the good news of Jesus Christ. Glad you're all here this morning. Good morning, those of you who, who showed up here in the room. It is great to see all of you today. I want to remind you, as we uh, worship together, as we are the body of Christ together, one of the things we do is pray together. And there are a number of ways that you can uh, engage in uh, prayer ministry with each other, and that's partly by letting us know what are your prayer requests. So if you're here, uh, there are envelopes on the table at the door, and there's a space there for you to tell, uh, tell us what your prayer requests are. If you're online, uh, you can go to our website, ctcde.net, and uh, fill out a, what's called a connect card. Hit the menu button uh, and then fill out the connect card and let us know what your prayer requests are that way. And uh, we like to know who's been here and who is with you. So filling out the Connect card is important to do that. You can fill out the Connect card online, even even if you're here in the room. Go on your uh, smartphone uh, or tablet or whatever. Go to the Connect card. Also, we t- uh, we want to give to God. That's one of the ways that we serve God is by giving generously to the work that God is doing. And so you can give online also. The offering envelopes are here at the door also, and then baskets by the door where you can place your offering in that. Let me encourage us as we continue to worship, let's stand together and uh, sing our praises to God because God is worthy of our praise. Let's stand together if you are able and continue to sing and worship.
Uh, let's uh, take a moment and uh, continue in an attitude of prayer. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for reminding us that we serve a big God today. That you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the same yesterday as you are today and you will be tomorrow. We find comfort in those words, Lord, that you that you go before us. And you have brought us here for a purpose today, to hear your message and to take that message and, as we say, engage the world with it. Not just to uh, keep uh, this love that we have for you just internally, but to spread it out. Lift up our pastor to you today for the words that you have prepared for him uh, to give to us. Open our hearts, Lord. We thank you for all you do and for the love that you have for us and for this world. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Fear is an emotion that grips us and keeps us from climbing higher to where God wants to take us. It keeps us bound. It keeps us from stepping out in faith. It keeps us from truly having hope. It's time we break the bonds of fear. It's time to become fearless. God's going to get our praise. Thank you, Bill, for those prayers. Um, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Come and be present with us. Be present with those who are watching online, and thank you for being with us. Uh, Heavenly Father, we need you to show us, to teach us, to open our minds, to open our hearts, to open our eyes, to see you with us. So, God, as we hear this message today, come and fill our hearts with your presence wherever we are. We need you, Jesus. We know that you're here, and we thank you. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been in this series for three weeks now, Fearless. And a couple weeks ago, we we learned that fear uh, is something that we are commanded not to do, but then we're also commanded to fear, to fear God, but don't fear other things. And trying to live that out as we, as we seek to live lives uh, following Jesus Christ. Fear wants to take over our lives. Fear is like an encroaching darkness that seeks to devour and overcome light. But we know that even if you're in a pitch black room, the smallest amount of light is going to overcome darkness because that's just the nature of light. No matter how much darkness, if light is present, light is visible. Isn't that wonderful? You can have all kinds of darkness in your life, but if there's the glimmer of light, the darkness is pierced. Fear is like that. Fear wants to take over us. But faith is that light inside that darkness that cannot be overcome by darkness. Fear is like a mysterious fog rolling over a calm meadow. You're sitting in the meadow and here comes this fog. 
that seeks to devour it. But but faith says the meadow is still here, even though I can't see it. There's a there's a a moment as as a child is growing up, uh, an infant grows up. There's a moment that if let's see how 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 can I describe this? If if I'm with a child, and and we're the the the, the child is sitting there in my presence, if I walk into another room, I go off camera. The child thinks I don't exist anymore. But I walk back into that room. Then the child knows that I exist because the child sees me. That's called object permanence. And it's a developmental ability of the brain that is able to to know that even though mom and dad are not visible, mom and dad still exist. But there's a point in a child's life when if mom and dad are not visible, they get afraid because they're lost. Mom and dad do not exist if I don't see them. And the same thing is true with our faith. We've got to get to the point. We've got to mature in our faith to the point that knows even though we can't see the presence of God or the physical presence of God, we know that God exists. God has created all of us in such a way that we get to a point in our lives where we know that even though we cannot see God, God is still there. We need faith, object, permanence. So in those times when we think God is not here, we still know that God is there. And that's a developmental process of children. And I'm amazed at how... You know, we can look at the, we can look at creation. We can look at how God created the, the complexity of, of the creation outside of this, uh, of us. But then you think about the complexity of our own individual lives. It's amazing what God has done. And God gives us the ability to mature and to grow into our faith so that we get to that place. And I hope that you're growing into that place that no matter what you experience, this, this fear that comes over us like that fog in that meadow, you're still able to know, even though you might be in the fog, God loves me. You can still know God is with me. There are times that we, we need to be strengthened in that for sure. Faith, in other words, snuffs out fear. Got a little example right over here. And I know I've got a little candle here. I've got a, a, a very large vase. It's upside down. And I'm going to label the vase. I'm going to label faith. Let's put faith. And I'm going to place my faith, and obviously this is my life, and the flame represents fear. And I'm going to place my faith around my life. And what's going to, we know because of God's creation that as, it'll take about two minutes for that flame to snuff out. And it'll go out. I'm going to keep preaching. You'll watch it. You'll get distracted. I'm going to ignore it. And, and it'll eventually go out in about two minutes. I tried to time it uh, with a stopwatch this week, but every time I would start my stopwatch and put the globe over the 
light, I'd start my stopwatch, and then I'd get busy talking to somebody, and eight minutes later I look back and the candle's out, and my stopwatch says eight minutes because I never pushed <laughs> stop. I still don't know how long it takes because I can't wait just to sit there and watch it. So you can watch that, see when it goes out. But here's our, our faith pushes fear out of our lives if we have faith. I want us to look at a couple of scriptures this morning uh, in which we can see the disciples. And as we hear these scriptures, I want you to, to ask yourself, where am I in that story? How do I relate to that story? The first the first scripture comes from Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. So if you've got a Bible, you've got a Bible app, or if you have the Bible with you, let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 8. Begin reading verse 22. This is the day that Jesus, he had been teaching uh, and then doing miracles and, and doing what Jesus does. And one day he said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they started out. And as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. I love naps. Jesus needed naps in his life. We need, to, we need a rest sometimes. So Jesus needed some rest. So he settled down in the boat for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. Now I want you to think of a time in your life when you were in real danger. Take a moment. I don't want to. I don't want anybody to go down a, a, a dark, dark, dark road that you can't come out of. But just just remember a time when you being in real danger. I remember thinking of a time when I was driving school bus uh, uh, early in in our marriage. Needed some extra money, and I drove school bus. I was it was a winter time. I had maybe fifteen or twenty kids on the bus. I was I, I knew that it was uh, about freezing temperature in upstate New York. I was driving the bus up a a large hill, and so I was getting a lot of momentum to get the bus up the hill because I was on a schedule and I needed to get the kids to school at a certain time. So I was pushing the bus uh, up this hill, and and I got, you know, my momentum going, and so I was making good time, and then I realized as I got to the top of the hill, I got to slow down on the other side. And then I realized that it's, it could be icy on the other side. And then I realized that the bottom of the hill on the other side is a turn. And if it's icy, I'm not going to make that turn. And, and I also know that if I put on my brakes, I might be on ice. And if I, if I lose my traction, I've lost control of the bus. I've got 20 kids on the back of this bus. And all of a sudden, panic entered into my mind. And I said, Roger, you're in real danger. <laughs> and I began to pray. And I said, God, slow me down. And there's a moment I came over the crest of the hill and I gently tapped on the brakes because I needed, I needed to slow down my momentum as I was coming over the top of that hill. But I didn't know if there was ice, you know, black ice. You can't see it. It just looks like water. So I gently tapped on the brakes and I felt the bus slide slightly the back end 
And I let let off my brakes because I knew that I couldn't. I was not. I I had to have my steering. And if I if I lost my I, I could lose my braking power from the rear brakes. But if I lost my my if my front tires skidded, I, we're, we're in real trouble because I didn't have any steering ability, steering traction. And so I thought, God, help us down this hill safely. And I felt the bus come back into control on that. And I can't, I don't know, I didn't see angels on the side of the bus, but I, I know that things could have gone very badly, very quickly in that occasion. And I just thank God. I don't know if there were angels there or not, or if it was natural consequences, or if it was my, my, my good thinking, or if it was God pushing that bus back on it. I don't know if there were angels there. I don't really care. I just thank God that we got down that hill safely and all those kids got to school. Because that was a moment when I was in real danger. And God helped me through it. Thank you, Jesus. I think of that. What what is the experience you're thinking of? The disciples are in this boat and they realize they are in real danger. The boat is filling up with water. It says. Then the verse 24 says, The disciples went out and woke Jesus up. Shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. They were shouting it. They were fearful. And they didn't know what to do. When Jesus woke up, He rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. And then He asked them, Where was your faith? Disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. I think it's interesting that this is one scripture, thinking of fear and faith. A couple weeks ago, we we were reminded that the definition of fear, God tells us to do not fear. But then he also instructs us and commands us to fear the Lord. So as, and this is one of those scripture passages where both sides of the both definitions of the word fear are very clear. They were both terrified. That's the negative side of fear. But they were also amazed. That's the positive side of fear. That fear causes us to respect and have awe for something. I respect black ice (laughs) because of its power. I respect the the natural forces of of forward momentum on on a mass of a bus the size of what I was driving. And I have awe for that, awe to the point that it causes me to hold back on the power of an internal combustion engine going up a hill. I've got to respect all those things. And I'm in awe of those things. Because, in part, I'm fearful of the consequences if I don't respect those forces. So here's the, the disciples were both terrified and amazed. But the question that, that they ask is interesting to me because they don't focus on the wind and the waves stopping. 
they focus on the character and the quality of the man who stopped the wind and the waves. And let's take this moment to just say, be careful about the things that you pray for. We pray for healing. We pray for COVID to stop. We pray for the forest fires to to diminish. We pray for justice to be done. But let's not just focus on the outcome of that which we're asking for, but let's keep our focus on the one who causes the outcome. Because that's the point. The point is the person who brings these changes into our lives, and that is Jesus Christ. It's not just the outcome that we're looking for. It's the person who brings them. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He is the one to transform and change our lives. It's not just the end. He is the means to the end. He says, who is this man, they asked each other, that when he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. They were in awe of Jesus. Not in awe that the wind and the waves stopped. They were in awe of the one who caused the wind and the waves. But here's the question. He turned to them And said, where is your faith? Now, I've read this passage many times. And Jesus is not only rebuking the wind and the waves. Jesus is rebuking his disciples. What is the rebuke that Jesus is giving to his disciples? His rebuke is, I need some rest. I was taking a nap. You interrupted my nap. Where's your faith? You didn't need to wake me up because I have already given to you faith enough to do what you cried out for me to do. You've got the faith. Use it. I needed the rest. Let me rest. <laughs> There's some other translations other than this is the New Living Translations translation. I think other translations, and you can look them up, that, that is, is I think it's uh, more clear that Jesus is upset with his disciples. He's like, it, it, I, I remember when my children, and, and those of you who have children of, uh, of infants, you'll relate to this. It's the middle of the night. And, a, and a, your, your infant child wakes up and is hungry. Who's going to go feed the child, mom or dad? I mean, obviously, if the mother is breastfeeding, it's probably going to be mom. Because <laughs> dad, dad has some difficulty breastfeeding. But, but mom has saved some of the milk. And so now it's dad's turn to let mom get some sleep. Because mom needs sleep also. So dad gets up. Dad can't find the right milk or he can't do something. And he comes to his wife and he says, hey, mom. And she's like, why are you waking me up? (laughs) It's right there. Where is your smarts? Where, Where is your brain? Where are your eyes? Can't you see it? It's right there on the top shelf. It's labeled with a date on it. That's the next one you use. I don't know what, you know. (laughs) Anybody relate to that? Jesus is woken up from his nap and he he says, shut up, waves. You're a nuisance. But look at my disciples. 
where's your faith? Come on. Do you hear Jesus saying to the church? Come on, church. Where is your faith? Don't you see who I am, Jesus says? And how easily I did. I got up and I said, shut up. <laughs> and Jesus is asking us, where's your faith? So I'm asking you, where is, where is your faith today? Well, <laughs> where are you in this story? Are you in the boat with Jesus? Are you on the shore watching? Are you Jesus? I don't know. Put yourself in here, in the in the story. Crossing a bridge requires a certain amount of faith. You've got to trust that the engineers of that bridge have built that bridge so that you can drive across it, walk across it, whatever it is. We've got a brand new trail. I'm, I'm excited and pleased and, and glad and proud of the, uh, some of the young men from, from our uh, scout troop uh, who want to become Eagle Scouts. Um, I gave them a challenge a little more than a year ago, I guess, that if some of them needed a project for their Eagle project, we've got 25 acres right next to us that's our property, and, and wouldn't it be nice if we had a pathway for our neighbors in Mansion Farms to be able to get some exercise, and instead of having to walk down 896 on that busy road, we provide a, a walking trail for our neighbors. And, and uh, you can come here if you need a place to walk as, as members of this church. Uh, come here and you can walk around that. So I so some of the Eagle Scouts have taken that on as their projects, and Alex Shaffey uh, recently did that. He built a bridge over a little ditch that we've got over there so that the trail, people could follow the path and the trail. And now they're putting gravel, gravel down and they're, they're progressing on it, and I'm excited for that. Uh, we have two Eagle Scouts that have worked on that, and so I want to invite you uh, to, to come and try out the, the new trail. We've got some signs. We're putting up some signs along the trail that have Scripture verses on it to just kind of help focus you as you're walking along and uh, making, it, making it a meaningful experience for you. But it takes some faith. You get to the bridge that Alex built, and you're going to ask yourself, did Alex, will this bridge hold me up? Now, when you see it, you're going to quickly say, yeah, I think it will. Alex did a good job on building this. So I don't think there's any question. But I'm not sure that it would hold my car up, but then again, it's not wide enough for my car, so I'm not going to put my car over that bridge. Back in the 1940s, or late 1930s, 1940, in Tacoma, Washington, or in Seattle, Washington, across the Puget Sound, they built a bridge called the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. And they were using some new techniques, some new materials that hadn't been used uh, before. And it was a long span, and so they were building a suspension bridge. And you can Google this and see, see this. The, the bridge that they built was made of concrete and steel, but it was a suspension bridge. So it has the cables hanging out between the two towers, and then the, the, the bed of the bridge is suspended from these cables. We see bridges like this around all the time. The Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, the Brooklyn Bridge is a, is a, is a suspension bridge. But this, this one, it, it, they, as they were building it, building it, the construction workers recognized, even as they were building it, that it swayed in the wind more than they expected. And this is one of the things that the engineers 
took for granted. They didn't understand the power of the wind on a bridge like this. And so they, even though they, most bridges up to this point, they were only concerned about the weight of gravity coming straight down, the forces of gravity coming on it. But what they didn't understand were the forces of wind and how that impacted. They had some idea, but they didn't know. So as the builders were constructing the bridge, they could tell that it swayed more than other bridges that they built. And they, called, they labeled the bridge Galloping Gertie because it would move. So they finished the bridge in 1940, I think it was, and, and then um, in the summertime sometimes, four months after they finished the bridge, a big windstorm came along, and there were cameras that captured uh, what happened to the bridge. It began to wave and sway and fold almost like, well, they called it the ribbon bridge, uh, because it looks like a piece of ribbon flapping in the wind. Although it's a piece of ribbon that's tied down on both ends, so it's kind of going like this and twisting and going like this. And I don't know how long it lasted in that, in that storm, but uh, time-lapse photography or, or whatever, I don't know how long it took, but eventually it collapsed, and you can see the video of that. It's an amazing thing to watch. Would you be, would you, if you pulled up to that bridge, would you drive across that bridge? I'm, I'm the idiot who's curious enough that would go out there a little bit. Just, what's it feel like to drive on a bridge that's going like, well, it's like this, or walk on a bridge like that? And, uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have, I've done some stupid things. And, uh, so I'm glad I wasn't there then to even question. And Carolyn's sitting back there thinking, yeah, Roger, just sit still. <laughs> but it takes faith to cross a bridge. Jesus' disciples didn't have faith enough to know that they could calm the waves down. And Jesus says, where is your faith? Well, look at the, look, let's, let's turn to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Where would my marker go? Oh, there. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, we call this the faith chapter because the whole chapter of Hebrews 11 is, is about faith. And Hebrews 11 verse 1 reads this way. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So faith is confidence that what's, what we hope for is actually going to become reality. The danger that the disciples were in in the boat was a real danger. They saw it. And they didn't have faith to see the outcome was also just as real. That they could calm these waves down by their faith. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And it gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. Remember that meadow I described and fear being that fog that rolls over the meadow so you can no longer see the dist- in the distance the edges of the meadow. You're entrapped by this fear. Is the candle out? It sure is. So faith is, is this confidence. This confidence that even though we're in the midst of, of this experience... We know that the meadow still exists. We know that God still exists. We know that God is still with us. And we can take a step forward in that. 
we can keep moving because God is with us. Faith says that this is not the end. There is another end that we are going to achieve, we're going to arrive at. So faith is the confidence that we, what we hope for will actually come about. Later on in chapter 11, in, in, uh, in the, the, next, the next paragraphs, the writer of the book of Hebrews lists all these people in the Bible who had faith. And if you, if you receive, if you receive, many of you receive, not all of you open my emails <laughs> that I, I send out. I hope you will. Just, just open it. They're intended to have some, uh, an inspiration and then some information about uh, what's happening in our church. I hope that you'll open e- emails when they come. And if you're not on our list, I hope that you'll... You'll get on our list. Give us your email address so we can put you there. But in the, in the email that I sent out on Friday morning, I listed all those people from Hebrews chapter 11, about 20 people that, that he lists. And he, gets to, he, 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 he starts with Abel, uh, the, the first child of uh, or Cain and Abel, the, the children of Adam and Eve. And then he goes on through, through the, the history of Israel and he gets to a man named Moses. And in verse 23, chapter 11, the writer says to us, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. It was by faith that they disobeyed Pharaoh because they saw in Moses Someone who needed to live. Pharaoh had said every Hebrew child, and Moses was a Hebrew child, every Hebrew child must be killed, thrown into the river Nile, or killed somehow. And so when Moses was born, his parents said, we're not doing that. And so they they hid Moses for three months. It's verse 23. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given him an unusual child. Anybody have an unusual child? (laughs) Uh, Is there anybody in this room who is an unusual child? (laughs) We all are those unusual child because there is nobody like you. Of course, we're all unusual because there is no usual when it comes to a person, right? Because we're each unique. We're all unusual. So thank you, God, for a a world full of unusual people. Thank you, Jesus. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. And it was faith that caused them to not be afraid. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Remember the story of Moses. When he was three months old, his mother and father realized we can no longer hide him. If the Egyptians find him, they're going to kill him. So they made a basket. They covered the outside of the basket with tar. They wrapped Moses up in one of the one of the blankets that was clearly made by a Hebrew person. And they shoved Moses in this basket out into the Nile. His mother stood by and watched as Moses floated down the Nile. And one of Pharaoh's daughter's servants saw 
Moses floating there, heard this baby crying in this basket, pulled the basket out and took it to Pharaoh's daughter. It was very clear that this boy child was a child of the Hebrew people. And they were, this is Pharaoh's daughter. She knew that Pharaoh had said, kill every male Hebrew child. And so, so the, Pharaoh's daughter also decided to, to, to disobey Pharaoh. And so Moses was allowed to live, but instead uh, she raised Moses as her own child, telling Pharaoh, this is my child. But an amazing thing happened. She knew that it was a Hebrew, son, a Hebrew boy, and so she told her servants to go find a Hebrew woman to nurse this Hebrew baby. And so the servant went and found a Hebrew woman who happened to be Moses' own mother. God is in this. God is working a plan for humanity. God is working a plan for your life. Trust it. Trust God. Trust God with your life. Because you can. And you can have faith to do it. So it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, grew up growing up as a Hebrew man in, the, in, the, in Pharaoh's household, he refused to consider himself a son of Pharaoh. Instead, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin, which is what he was living in in Pharaoh's household. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt not fearing the king's anger. And he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. So now we're back to Jesus and the disciples not looking at the miracle of the wind and the waves stopping, but they turn their eyes to this one, this person, Jesus, who is the invisible God made visible for us. And He's here. He's here to be with us by our trust in Him and what He did on the cross for us. He comes into our lives. Jesus comes into our lives. He gives us the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, is present with us. I know you know that there are things that exist that we cannot see. You know this. Even scientists know this. Scientists wouldn't do science if they knew everything. Scientists do science because there are things out there that they don't understand. And so they seek to explore what they do not know. And so I'm saying seek to explore Jesus. Seek to explore God. Seek through faith in Jesus Christ. Are you anxious or fearful of anything today? Is there anything that causes you to, to, to cry out? Place your hope and your trust in the person of Jesus Christ every moment of every day. I want to take some time this morning. The song we sang just before the, the message this morning was 
I'm going to give my praises to God. What a beautiful song. A new song to us. It was a new song to me. It's hard to worship to a song that's new because we're just not familiar with it. So it'll take us some time. Get into that song. You did a little bit better than the folks did last night. You're getting into it. But hang with the song. We're not going to sing it now. We're going to sing a different song now. Well, let's remember the message of that song. Because when we give our praises to God, we're saying thank you for giving us faith. Thank you for being a God that I can trust in. Thank you for bringing healing to my son or to my daughter or to my mother or to my friend. Don't ask necessarily just ask God to bring the healing. Thank God for the healing that he is bringing. And that is you placing your faith. That is you stepping out on that bridge that God is giving to us. The bridge of Jesus Christ. When we thank Him for it, we don't just look at the bridge and say, oh, how, how nice is it for us to have a bridge between me and God. When we say, thank you, God, for giving me this bridge, Jesus Christ, we, we're taking a step out onto that bridge, which is what we need to do with our faith. So are you anxious about anything? What is that thing that's causing you to be anxious? Thank God for giving you that opportunity to trust Him even more. And as we come, as we sing this song, I invite you at home, thank God for that thing that is bringing fear to you. Because in it, God is wanting to do a powerful work. He's wanting to show you how good and mighty and loving and powerful He is. So open yourself up. Say thank you, Jesus. I invite you, if you're here, let's stand together as we sing this song. And and here at the the platform area, we have an opportunity to come. And instead of coming and kneeling this morning, I, I encourage you to come and just stand here in the presence of God and lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for the answer to the prayer that you're going to give to me. I trust you, God, with this in the name of Jesus.
The Lord is in the place, brothers and sisters. Do you feel his presence? Whenever the word of God is preached like that, whenever faith is preached, the house is full of his glory. And Lord, we just want to thank you for stopping by here and blessing our hearts. We needed a touch from God. And we need to reach out in our spirit and just touch the hem of his garment as he is manifested as promised. Whenever brothers and sisters come together in unity, that's God's promise. And we thank him for that. And God will bless each and every one of you who came out here today who thought it not robbery to part those doors and come out and be in his manifest presence where he said there was joy unspeakable and full of glory. Don't you feel it? I do. Brother James, I see the smile on your face, even under your mask. (laughs) Hallelujah. We thank Pastor Roger for his wonderful word, his message. I needed to hear that. I don't know about you. But we need to realize that fear is just a, a tactic of the enemy. But God gave us faith, didn't he? Amen. He gave us faith. And faith trumps fear. Faith trumps facts. The doctor tells you the news, and that's his job. But you know what? There's one who has an even greater say. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. God is going to... How does that song go? You sang. God is going to have... God's going to get my praise. Right? I love that. Devil, get out of my way. Can we all say that together? God's going to get my praise. And devil, get out of my way. Amen. Hallelujah. That's an awesome word. That should be our daily mantra. I love that. And brothers and sisters, just remember all the promises of God. They all encourage us just to have faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we must stay strong in faith, even in the storms of life. Remember, Jesus is in the boat. Amen. I love that story. I'd like to remind you that we're going to have our Zoom uh, connection at 11 o'clock, where we will discuss what we just heard Pastor Roger preach on. And it's a wonderful discussion. We've really been enjoying it. So if you haven't done it yet, join us. Please do. You'll, you'll really get a lot out of that. It's just wonderful fellowship with one another. So before you go, let me encourage you to say a good hello to somebody. Tell them you love them, you miss them. All you folks there on the Internet, we love you. We can't see you, but we know you're there. And God knows you're there. And he's blessing you right where you are. So let me pronounce a blessing upon you at this time. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance, his presence upon you. For in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand he said our blessings forevermore. And he said, in my presence, I will show you the pathways of life. I'll show you what to do, where to go, and how to do it. And lastly, Lord, would you grant us your peace, your shalom, nothing missing, nothing lacking. Complete wholeness in Jesus Christ. All we need to be successful in this life and even into the next. Remember, we got another life of eternity to look forward to. This earth is not our home. So look up and rejoice. Our redemption draweth near. Amen. Praise God. Have a blessed, blessed Sunday. God bless you.